This week on the podcast, a little nonprofit news for the week of July 5th. With us, as always, Carisha and Nick from Whole Whale. Thanks, folks. Let's uh, get into some news. How about it? What do we have? Sure, I can start us off. Our first story is a big case from the Supreme Court in which in a 6-3 ruling, the Supreme Court has ruled that the state of California cannot force nonprofits to disclose donors. This is a case that we've been tracking throughout the Supreme Court's term. And in a 6-3 ruling, the court ruled that California could not require nonprofits to submit donor information to the state. Now, this case, while directly related to the state of California, has implications across the country, both on the donor privacy front as well as it relates to donor uh, transparency, as well as even like like money in elections and elections and campaigning and the, the ability for... Um, folks to kind of use nonprofits as a vehicle for money. Um, the case was brought by the conservative Americans for Prosperity, um, arguing that such donations are, in fact, a First Amendment issue. But this case, like the landmark Citizens United v. FEC from a while ago, could make the job of watchdog oversight over not only not nonprofit contributions, but political campaign contributions more difficult to monitor. So this is not a win for financial transparency here. This is a complex one because, as you just mentioned, it is um, sort of uh, labeled right-leaning political organizations calling this to the forefront. Um, The truth is, uh, according to reports, that roughly a billion dollars went through these types of side doors um, via, via 501c3s. And, you know, you have groups, you know, like the independent sector coming out and saying they're in support of this and protecting donor privacy. And then others like, you know, open OpenSecrets.org coming out and saying, like, this is, this is bad news. Increased dark money in uh, nonprofits funneled to politics is not how democracy thrives. Frankly, it looks like a sort of ongoing issue that was originally sort of fought against by certain political leanings that deal with campaign finance reform. The truth of the matter is money is going to find a way. You put a finger in the dam of something like that, it's going to find a side door. I don't love that nonprofits could potentially be that side door, uh, but it's hilarious to see certain politicians and groups up in arms yet not really make a move on campaign finance reform, which is, I feel like, what we're actually talking about here and the implications of donor privacy are far-reaching in other directions as well. When you talk about hot-button issues, organizations, just to put them out there, is sort of some folks don't want to be associated with Planned Parenthood publicly, but want to give to them privately, and you're taking away that right. So it's not an easy decision, but I think the conversation is actually about campaign finance reform. Absolutely. I agree with that assessment. So we'll continue to watch this space. Uh, Something important for, for all of us nonprofit professionals to keep tabs on. Our next story is maybe not directly related to a lot of the nonprofits that our listeners run or work for, but um, I think important nonetheless. The NCAA has announced that it will allow players to profit off of name, image, and likeness. So this comes 
on the heels of an NCAA rule change coupled with new state laws that is really opening the door for student-athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Now, this is not student-athletes being paid by the university, that's a distinction, but it essentially gives them the opportunity to seek out partnerships, sponsorship deals, um, you know, brand deals, that kind of thing. Um, This reset will reverberate throughout the college sports world, no doubt, but the reason we wanted to highlight it was because, A, uh, most of the institutions that these uh, student athletes play for are, in fact, nonprofits. The NCAA is, in fact, a nonprofit. You might think big sports corporation. No, it is a nonprofit organization uh, that is a consortium that runs college athletics. Um, and the, the angle here is that the push for athletes to be able to profit off of their name is not entirely separate, I don't think, from Um, modern social justice issues that have come up, particularly within the past couple years. You have athletes, um, many of whom who perform at the top level, um, who are athletes of color, who, you know, generate lots of money and revenue for universities and um, are previously, by rule, not been able to to profit off of that. So um, I think that this kind of falls within the narrative of seeing how Um, issues of both racial justice and economic justice can um, make change and actually demand change within um, our largest and, you know, traditionally unmovable organizations, Um, you know, big, big nonprofits and institutions. Man, we really have some some difficult issues on the the forefront uh, and the news. You know, I can speak to this from so many different angles of you know um, the complexity here. I was an NCAA athlete. Um, my my father in law jokes that I think I would have been able to maybe get at least twenty five thirty bucks for my name and likeness as a as a runner. <laughs> However, the point is on one side of the fence um, that the NCAA actually has done quite a bit to further. Uh, long tail sports to further women's sports funding of those scholarships for those smoothing out uh, a power law dynamic in athletics where you have superstars make, you know, the bulk of money while others sort of uh, will inevitably get the the long tail lower amounts of money. So the NCAA has done a tremendous amount with regard to offering scholarships and support and funding for um, other sports that frankly aren't football, that aren't basketball. There are other sports out there, and uh, it is a testament to how well, um, frankly, women's sports do in the national global stage as well because of our college system. That doesn't happen without the NCAA. On the other side of this coin, there is a word, there is a label for unpaid labor. There's a word for that when we force people to, we're not forcing, but essentially say, if you want to get in here and get to that next level, you play, you take on the risk of injury for a fraction of what it's worth. There's a word for that. Um, And it's being thrown around in the context of equity, but this is a complex issue. Absolutely. It's a a fascinating discussion. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick 
ad about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grant, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, we really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses. That's wholewhale.com slash university. Oh my, uh, we need a whole other pod to discuss. We, I mean, I'll be curious. Um, there are going to be second order effects that were un- unintended from this. Uh, I think it is a overall net positive first step, though there are going to be unintended consequences from this uh, for sure. And it, it certainly isn't the end, but uh, step, I believe in the right direction that we may have to solve for the problems we create as well with this. Anyhow, what other summary news do we have, Carisha? Sure. Pivoting quite a bit, I'd say, um, but not too far from education. Our first headline reads, To You is set to acquire nonprofit edX for a deal north of $600 million. Um, and this article is coming from TechCrunch. To You is a software as a service platform that helps nonprofits and colleges run online universities. Um, And it has acquired edX, which is a conglomerate of online courses uh, created by Harvard and MIT with the idea to make Harvard, MIT level, university level classes accessible for everybody. Um, So this is a pretty big acquisition, I'd say. Um, After this article was published, it was released that they acquired this nonprofit uh, for 800 million all cash deal, um, which is quite a bit. So some exciting news there to you uh, is a company that filed to go public in 2014 and continues to be one of the rare U.S. educational tech companies listed on the stock market. Um, so definitely on its way to doing big and great things. Yeah, speaks to the growing opportunity with regard to online education. And, you know, this is in some respects a content play and realizing that the content you build does have uh, potential tremendous value. Um, You see groups like, you know, Amazon's uh, uh, media arm buying up the rights to, you know, James Bond. And you're like, why have they done that? Because content, because content. And so think about that as you create your nonprofit's content and how you structure it uh, and, you know, what, what future financing options that may present as well. For sure. Our next headline reads, um, the number of drownings in Great Lakes have jumped in 2021. And this is coming from AP News. As of July 2nd, there were 32 people drowned in the Great Lakes compared to 25 as of July 4th, 2020. This research is being started by a nonprofit Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. um, And they've been doing a lot of PSAs on uh, how to ensure that people who do go to these Great Lakes and swim there um, are doing so in a safe way if they ever do find themselves um, kind of in the middle with very few options. Um, This is your PSA to focus on floating and then finding an exit out of the water um, before just kind of thrashing around and using up all of your energy. Yeah. So I'm calling this out because the Great Lakes Surf Project seems to be punching far above their weight here with a brilliant bit of A, research, and B, timing. Think about it. They dropped this coming through July 4th into the busy summer, and their goal is public awareness. They could have been running around with a PSA. Instead, they brought facts. They brought a well-timed public service uh, information uh, to the AP. It was released. It was, you know, circulating quite broadly, and I saw it. After the fourth time, I was like, 
how did they do this? So I'm reporting it here, one, because like, let's just respect, that was just a well-placed bit of, bit of story there. But also, what can you learn and apply from what the Great Lakes Surf Project did, uh, expanding on national data, timing, and uh, press release that, by the way, now has us talking about the fact that you don't swing swim back directly in. If you're pulled out by a riptide, you go across and look for a way back in. Also, be very careful of rogue waves. Yeah, that is definitely a piece of information that's handy to keep in your back pocket. I can't swim, so <laughs> I will definitely need to float. <laughs> uh, and then our last headline reads, Parkland Nonprofit Raises Funds for Surfside Families. Um, and this is coming from parklandtalk.com. Um, a local nonprofit named Three Heartstrings is selling pairs of bracelets to raise money for victims and families impacted by the Surfside disaster. Um, and this is a conglomerate of buildings or one building really that just kind of collapsed on itself. Um, and there were, there still are a lot of people missing um, and a lot of casualties coming from that. So this uh, local nonprofit is selling bracelets to raise money um, and help these families. Their new bracelets cost $5 a piece. Um, and as of last year, uh, three heartstrings has donated over 275,000 to various charities um, and launched back in 2015. So great to see that um, this nonprofit is still doing really great things and at a pretty low cost, to be honest. Yeah, um, I I always look for how nonprofits respond to disasters, times and moments like these where people feel helpless and offering up that um, that way to to release the, the sort of uh, emotions that pent up and desire to help because frankly, we can't all jump on into the rubble. That wouldn't help anybody. So uh, I like seeing what three heartstrings.com is doing. Good story. What do we have? What'd you find? Sure. I have a feel good story. And this one comes from California and the local station, local station, KGET. And there's a nonprofit called the LVET Project, which is a national nonprofit. And what it does is it provides veterinary care to the pets of folks experiencing homelessness. Um, something I know, you know, folk, uh, among us who live in big cities know that a lot of homeless people have pets and um, have very strong relations to their pets. Um, so this is a nonprofit that is providing veterinary services um, to those pets. And yeah, I, I recently got a, a puppy. My family recently got a puppy. And, uh, you know, that relationship is, is meaningful. And I think that um, not only is this uh, service good for the animals that might need it, but it's also kind of a a very human service as well, um, understanding what, what these animals mean to, to people um, who are homeless. Yeah, they have a, a wonderful mobile clinic. It's um, kind of, you know, like what you'd imagine, um, but you should take a look at the, the image of it because it's very, very powerful and also I think speaks to the way, you know, not just veterinary care, but medical care um, can reach underserved communities where you are able to go on location and um, bring uh, bring the resources to bear where they're needed. So great story. Thanks, Nick. Links and resources, as always, can be found at nonprofitnewsfeed.com. We send this email out every week for free. So go register and we'll see you next time. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. 
If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to Greg Thomas Music.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 